What's up, guys? Welcome to the Man Solution Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Miranda, a.k.a. Man of Men. This podcast is for anyone who is trying to get out of their own way. Now, if you're a man and you feel like you're struggling with bad habits or you're trying to break generational curses and you just can't seem to solve yourself and really become the best version of yourself, then this is the podcast for you. Now, if you like what you hear on these episodes, I highly recommend to share with someone, like, comment, subscribe, because it really does a lot to support the channel and really get our message out there. So appreciate you all for listening, but let's dive in. And today is episode six, and I want to talk today about physical health. So I, I plan to cover a few things. One, I really want to tell my own personal story of how I started working out to begin with. I've been working out since I was about 12 or 13 years old. I'm 29 now. So I've managed to stay very consistent with it. I also want to talk about some of the benefits of, of working out. Honestly, my goal today is to sell you, sell you on physical activity and the benefits. Because I know for most men out there that being, being active and living an active lifestyle is incredibly difficult because we do not live in a world or a society today that really promotes it as much. I know it's, it's becoming more popular on social media, but we don't live active lifestyles anymore. Our, the way we work has changed for majority of people in this country. So <clears throat> that leaves us living very sedentary lifestyles and among some other things. But we will touch on that. And then I also want to just share some like gym secrets, essentially, right? That that I've learned over the years. And I want to share with you all, you know, um, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, hey, my bad, try something else. But I want to say I'm not a trainer. This isn't like I'm not a certified anything. This isn't medical advice or um you know, this is purely just educational and things that I've learned from my own experience. So let's start at the top. Um, you know, when I started working out, or let me say prior to me working out, I wasn't happy with my body. Mind you, I'm like 11, 12 years old. I'm kind of breaking out of my shell a bit and beginning these stages, early stages of puberty, and I don't really know like who I am or what I should be doing with my time or what I should look like. At the time, I'm my body was very uh, soft and I kind of had like a sloppy body, you know. I was very fat in some areas. So there were times where I'd get made fun of, like by kids on my block, um, where I lived, girls in school. And there was one day where I just decided like, you know what? I don't like how I look. I'm very insecure about it. I don't like taking my shirt off at the pool or whatever it is, right? I'm over it. I'm sick of it. So I went home one day and I put on uh, Comcast. Back in the day, you could, they had like on demand and you can pretty much watch anything you wanted, like movies, TV shows, in this case, they had some like exercise routines. So I turned on on demand. I put on some random ab workout. It may have been like 20, 30 minutes. 
got on the floor, started doing some crunches, some planks, some Russian twists. And that was the very beginning of me beginning to carve myself out, beginning to work on myself. Because up to that point, I didn't live an active lifestyle. My family wasn't very active. We were lazy. We were lazy. We watched TV. We played video games and we ate horribly. That's just how, that's just what we did. That was the culture in my household growing up. So because of that, I adopted those bad habits and I learned very quickly that they didn't serve me. Good thing I did something about it. But that became the moment and the journey of me working out. So, you know, it went from like workouts at home, <clears throat> eventually, um, then I went to high school. I, and then we bought like some, my parents bought me, uh, like a little weight set at home. So I started lifting weights at home. Then I started playing sports. So I was lifting weights there. Then I finally moved up to a gym membership and I've been addicted ever since in high school. I would wake up at, you know, five, 6 AM got, um, sometimes we do like rugby practice in the morning go to school, uh, at the end of school, probably maybe football practice depends kind of what we're doing. And then after football practice, mind you, that's probably ending at like six 37, I'd go straight to the gym and I spend the rest of my evening at the gym, probably until like 10, nine, 10 o'clock. And then I finally get back home, eat a huge dinner and do the same thing over the next day. Now, thinking back, I, like now the way I think I prioritize my sleep so much more I'm in the gym for I'm only working out for like 45 minutes to an hour, not two and a half. So obviously I've matured in the way that I do things and, and that just, but it, it took me learning, but it was those nights at the gym that built the foundation of where I am today. So that that was such a pivotal moment for me, for me to actually go home and just do something. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have the workout routine. I didn't have the diet. I didn't have the supplement plan in place. I didn't have the, the workout buddy. I had nothing. I had nothing but a, a, some random lady with her yoga mat on a on-demand channel doing a quick workout routine. That's all I had was Comcast. I didn't even have a yoga mat at the time. I was doing this shit on hardwood floors. Now bad that hurt my back, but I did it. I did it and I stayed committed because that was what was important to me. I knew I needed to change and I made that change at such a young age and I never stopped. I never stopped. I'm 29 and I see a ton. I see a ton of people that I went to high school with and this isn't a shot. Well, Yes, it is. I see a ton of people that I went to high school with that are in horrible shape, horrible shape. And they look twice my age because they failed to take care of themselves. There is no reason why you should still be in your twenties or thirties. There's no reason at all outside of like some serious health issues. Of course, I'm not ignorant. There's some serious health concerns that just permit that, that prohibit you from working out. 
from exercising, right? Um, so it just depends. But if if you're if you are capable, this is my this is what I'm trying to say. If you are capable, if you can exercise without extremely harming yourself, there is no excuse. There's none. There's none. I don't care about, you know, the time that you don't have. I don't care about the motivation that you don't have. And honestly, it's not even about whether I care or not. It's about you. It's really about you. You should not care about the excuses you give yourself about not having time. You should not care about the excuses you have about not having the right routine and not having a trainer and not having the diet and not having the supplements because I get these questions all the time. I've, I've always gotten these questions. Everyone wants to know what my workout routine is. Everyone wants to know what supplements I'm taking. Everyone wants to know what my, what my diet is like. And the issue is that these questions are coming from people that don't work out at all. At all. They're not even consistent. You haven't even built the habit of exercising. The, the foundational principle of just doing the actual activity, you do not have that. So trying to scale your success by putting in the proper plan and by putting in the proper diet and by taking the right supplements, none of that matters. You're still on level one. You, you, don't, you don't even go to the gym. You don't even move. You don't, you don't even go for a walk. You don't even do the basics. The supplements don't matter. The supplements do not matter. In fact, by definition, supplement is an addition to something that you're already doing. Right? It's an addition. You do not take the supplements as a precursor to getting fit. It's a supplement. It comes after. You're fit, you're working out, you have good habits in place, you're working on your diet. Ideally, you get all the nutrients you need from your diet. Whatever you don't get from your diet, that is what you use to supplement with. It's the, it's the missing gaps. You fill in the gaps with supplements. You do not get fit with supplements. It's not your workout routine. It's not your perfectly planned workout routine that you got from some Instagram trainer for, you know, $1,000. It's not that because you can have the perfect plan, but you don't work out. You don't, you don't execute the plan. So the plan does not matter. Just start working out. Just start doing something. If you have to just put on a video on YouTube and listen to some lady on her yoga mat tell you to do exercises, then do that. But if you're healthy, if you're capable, there's no excuse for being overweight. None. I do not care. There is none. I know we live in this world today where, you know, we say big is beautiful, and that's a lie. That is a lie. You can be big and beautiful. You can, but you're not beautiful simply because you're big. You're not. Big is not beautiful. Big is unhealthy. Big is unhealthy. And here's the thing. 
a few years ago, I used to sell life insurance. I used to go to people's houses and have to ask them very, very imposing questions about the two things people never really want to talk about. One of those things is finances and another is their health. Nobody wants to talk about that, right? That's all personal stuff. But in this case, and what I was doing, we had to have these conversations. So within 20 minutes of having a conversation with you, I get to find out every bad decision you ever made financially. And I see it right there. I see your bank account. I see your savings. I see your investments. I see your income. I see how much debt you're in. And also, I get to see very plain and clear what bad decisions you've made for your health. It's all right there. I can see how little you exercised. I can see how horribly you eat. Why? Because I see your weight. I see every medical condition you have. I see all the medications you're taking. There was one lady I'll never forget. I knock on this lady's door. And she yells like, I'm, I'm coming. It takes her a while to get to the door. She finally gets there. She opens it up. But as she opens it up, I look through the crack of the door and I can't really see her. And I don't know why. Then she lets me in. And I realized the reason I couldn't see her is because she was about uh, a foot behind the door in a wheelchair with a cane. And she was using the cane to pull the handle on the door to let me in. The reason this lady was in a wheelchair was because she had both her legs amputated from diabetic neuropathy. If you don't know what that is, go ahead and Google it. This lady had her legs cut off due to diabetic neuropathy due to her poor health decisions. It's purely just it's purely off the decisions you made, off of what you ate and the exercise you didn't do. It's that simple. You destroyed your body. And this lady began telling me the story of why she's in this Section A apartment by herself in her wheelchair. Because what happened to her is once she really got overweight and really got sick and they had to go through some of these surgeries, her family gave up on her. Her family gave up on her because they tried to get her to make better decisions and she wouldn't. And they knew that she was self-sabotaging herself, but also she was becoming a burden to them. And they got sick of it. And they got sick of it. And that's just this one lady. Now, here in the United States, we have an obesity epidemic. We have a heart disease epidemic. We have a diabetes epidemic. So this lady is not the only lady like this that's dealing with these kind of issues. I'm sure some of you listening have some people in your family that are dealing with these kind of issues. I know I do. Due to health choices. So... As men, 
Think about that, man. Do you really want to be that man who his family has to decide whether or not to give up on because you're such a burden to them financially, emotionally? You're eating up all of our resources and you're not providing any because you're so out of health. You're so out of shape. You're ill. You're sick. You're a nuisance. Is that what you want for your life? Is that is that what you want to be remembered for? I don't. And I knew that when I was 12 years old. So think about that situation every time that you decide not to go to the gym today. Think about that story every time you decide to head over to McDonald's and eat some fast food versus just cooking at home. Think about that. This is serious. This is your life. This is your future. It's so easy to just make these impulsive decisions that feel good now without thinking of the long term. But as men, you have to have vision. And when it comes to your health, you need to visualize the better version of yourself and create that version and think of what that version of yourself would be like and then do the do things that that person would do. Because there's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of benefits. And it doesn't just have to be not having that grim situation that I just described. I listed out some benefits here. I'm going to read some of these off. So when it comes to, again, I'm breaking these up into like physiological benefits and then uh, philosophical benefits. So we'll touch on more of the physiological, biological, you know, benefits in that aspect of, of exercising. Of course, what you don't realize is that when you exercise, you improve your mood. You feel better. You're in a much, you're in a much better mood. There's, there's no good feeling like coming back from the gym and all your endorphins are just rushing through your body. It's like a high. You're just flooded with these feel-good hormones. You feel amazing. You feel accomplished. You feel confident. The sweat just feels good. You feel like you accomplished something. Of course, we also know that it increases your lifespan. It improves your sex life. Men, it improves your sex life. That's a given. I shouldn't have to sell you anymore. It improves your confidence. Improves your memory and brain function. Protects against many chronic diseases. Age and weight management. Lowers your blood pressure and improves your heart health. Improves your quality of sleep. Reduces feelings of anxiety and depression. I want to touch on this one a little bit. I know a lot of us deal with anxiety and depression. And I say this often. I don't remember where I got it from. But I say that if you're anxious... The best cure for anxiety is action, is action. If you're sitting there and you're anxious and you feel like you should be doing something, but you don't know what to do and you feel like there's so much to do, but you're not doing anything and there's, you just can't keep up with the thoughts in your head, move, just go move. If you just go take a walk, just a walk, just a simple walk. You don't need to do something crazy. Just go on a walk. A lot of your anxiety will be cured. What's, what's also great about just taking a walk is that it's almost meditative. You'll have an opportunity 
to just be with you, yourself, and your thoughts, and you get to work them out through activity. There's like a direct connection between walking and thinking with activity and processing. So just by moving, you're going to ensure that you become more calm and relaxed. And, um, you know, when it comes to depression, um, for a lot of men these days that are currently in the gym, a lot of them started because they were depressed. And of course that was part of it for me too. You know, like you have the guy who like just got out of a relationship and he's like at the gym killing it because that's what makes him feel good. It, he gets to like work through his, his demons or whatever you want to call it. Right. There's a, there's a therapeutic aspect to working out. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of depression or a lot of what we call depression in, you know, is usually just when like who you are as a person, like your soul and then who you're being, meaning, meaning your behavior, they're not in alignment and your soul, like you know that, like it, your, your body knows, it usually know what you should be doing. Like you just know deep down inside, but for some reason you're not behaving that way. You're not behaving like a person who knows what they're doing. And because of that, you start to feel helpless, start to feel like there's nothing you can do about it. And you start, then you start to feel like no one else understands you. When in fact, one of the most common feelings among all depressed people is that they feel that no one else understands them. But if no one else understands you and everyone else is feeling that we all understand you, right? So it's, it's, Obviously, I'm not, I'm not simplifying depression into just exercise or don't. It's Sometimes it can be much more complex. But what I am saying is that exercise will increase the likelihood that you can beat your depression or get out of that depressive state that you may be in. So huge benefit there. Now, um, obviously, you're going to improve joint pain and Joint pain and stiffness, you know, a lot of, a lot of the stiffness that we feel is just because we're not moving. We're not moving. Uh, you know, if you have a job where you sit down often, you sit down all day, like I do, I end up sitting down. This is actually a, I sit down with work. So this is actually a standing desk that I have. I'm sitting down now. But I usually stand. I kind of like alternate. Um, but I have a standing desk because I know if I don't, my back's going to get tight. My knees, my not, not really my knees, more so my back. But I know for some people, your knees get stiff, your hips get stiff because um, you're not moving. You're not moving. You just, you you get all stiff. It's like you get rusty, you know, so you just got to move and that helps. Um, moving over to some more like philosophical benefits, you know, when we think of men and we think of men being strong, and then we think of men being weak, usually it's pretty clear as to which man you're probably going to follow. Whether that's in life, whether that's in business, whether that's in war. There's usually, you know, 
it's usually pretty clear cut which direction you're going to go. Most people are probably going to follow the strong person or man in this case. And the reason that is, is because the, the strong man dictates society. The strong man does. Strong men always have dictated the direction of society. It's never a weak man saying, hey, this is where we're going. No. Weak men don't make it. Weak men don't have the opportunity to speak up and voice their opinion. Weak men don't have the fortitude to lead and make tough decisions and handle stress. No, weak men don't get to do that. From a biological standpoint, weak men die out. It's the strong men that persevere. And a lot of that, whether or not you die out, is up to the choices you make on a daily basis. Are you choosing to become stronger by working out and exercising? Or are you choosing to stay weak? It's up to you. Understand that if you're stronger, you have more confidence, right? You have more self-respect. These are obviously valuable in society, in life. More strong men means more safe families. Safe families means safe communities. Safe communities means a safer world. Do you see how this expands out beyond you? But a lot of us are too, just too focused with what's in front of us. And we can't get rid of these bad habits. We'd rather eat the food and relax and take a day off because that's easy, right? Now, what's very important to understand too is that when we think of, like when we think of all that you are made of, right? Your, your mind, your body, in your spirit. They're all intertwined. There's synergy amongst each aspect. If one aspect is out of alignment, then you do not have synergy. You're not flowing. So when you have a strong mind, you know, that's usually coming from, oftentimes it comes from having a strong body. And when you have those two, you usually have a strong spirit. You can't be broken. Now, the easiest to work on out of all those three is your body. It's so immediate. I can just immediately move and become more fit and healthier. And I just stay consistent with that. It's about consistency. Now, when you think about like working out in the gym, there's so many lessons that you learn in the gym from like weight training that are applicable to other areas of your life. One, you learn not to quit. You learn not to quit. Working out is hard. Working out is hard. It hurts. It's painful. The burn in your muscles, the strain, it's taxing on your central nervous system, right? It's, it's tough, but it teaches you not to quit. And you can obviously apply that in your personal life, with work, with your career, with school, whatever it is, your family. Something else we learn is how important pain is to your growth and development. What you learn through working out is that 
when it really burns, when it really hurts, like that's really when the reps count. If, if we continue working out and exercising and we never get past that pain threshold, we're not growing. But if every time we can do a few more reps to where it burns and then we do one more and then the next time we, we do one more and then one more, we keep pushing that threshold farther and farther. But it takes going past the pain. Life is the same way. Life is the same way, right? What's that quote? The best things in life are on the other side of your comfort zone. Um, couldn't be more true. Another thing, you also learn how important rest is in life, right? I used to be, um, I used to be of the team no sleep gang, um, which is, it could, it could be more fucking stupid. Sleep is one of the most important things for your overall well-being and quality of life. You need to rest. And I understand this now, but I didn't understand this when I first began. And work when you work out, you understand, okay, I need to rest before I go back in the gym and kill it again. I just need to. Or else I'm just doing myself a disservice. Or I may end up injuring myself. It's the same with work. It's the same with studying. Like you need to take breaks. You need to rest. You you can't, if you just go balls to the wall, like 110% every minute of every day, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. And then instead of just taking a 15 minute break, you're going to need a day off or even longer. And you're going to lose motivation. You're going to feel like giving up, but you really learn to rest. Um, it, in the same sense, you also learn what progressive overload is, right? With working out, you add more and more weight little by little. I don't, you don't go to the gym and bench 135 one day, and then the next day uh, you hit 225, and the next day 315, and the next 405. No, you incrementally bump up, whether it's by 5 pounds, by 10 pounds, but little by little by little, you're learning to increase that threshold of pain. The same way, um, the same way it works with life. You make incremental improvements, little by little by little by little, right? You don't. Um, if it's your first time picking up a book and reading, probably don't recommend grabbing something about uh, like a, a, a five hundred page book that's about something you know, very complex that you don't really understand. You just, you're going to burn yourself out, right? Um, you also learn how to set goals and work towards them, right? With working out, you can literally create a plan and say, hey, I want to hit this weight or I want to lose this amount of weight or burn this amount of um, body fat, you know, whatever it is. I want to run this fast. I want to squat this much. You can literally set the goal and then build a plan to work backwards to get there. Life is the same exact way. Understand, I've, I've never been out of shape and happy. And I do not believe that you can be out of shape and happy. I believe if you think you are, you've convinced yourself, you have lied to yourself. I believe you've lied to yourself to the point where you actually believe the bullshit you're spewing, but it's not true. The best version of yourself does not believe that. 
The best version of yourself wants the healthiest version of you. The best version of yourself does not want you to be a, a hindrance to your friends and your family. They want what's best of you. So understand that. So we'll wrap up here by covering a just a few little gym secrets, nothing crazy, but just some things I do. Um, just some things I do to make sure I'm keeping my strength, I'm keeping my body fat percentage um, fairly low, weight's good. Um, you know, there's a lot of bro health fitness science out here and a lot of it's just goofy. A lot of it's very goofy because you're just kind of seeing, you're just doing what you see on the internet, right? Um, and I'm not, I'm not knocking it because that's how I started. So, but if you're looking to improve, you know, and kind of speed up the progress, maybe apply some of the things that I'm going to talk about here. Number one, number one secret for fitness and health is consistency. Consistency. Consistency is so underrated. I mean, think of all the... We're just not wired to think long-term anymore. We're not, we're not wired to understand what delayed gratification is. I mean, just think of everything that you're marketed about fitness and health. Get slim in 30 days, uh, six week bicep workout, you know, uh, get bigger glutes in, in 12 weeks and that, These companies, these influencers, right, coaches, whatever you want to call them, they, they're profiting off of the fact that most people are looking for a quick fix. Most people don't want to do what it takes to have a six-pack, but they want one, and they want it the quickest way possible. And that's why those people never get in shape. The people who do the 30-day diets and the 60-day routine and the 14-day ab-blasting whatever, you never get anywhere. Because you do the 14-day ab-blasting routine for... Five days, you see no progress and you give up. Or like we just mentioned, you go on the 30-day liquid fucking smoothie diet or whatever, and you burnt yourself out. You're starving, and now you relapse. This is why I bring up what I brought up about understanding progressive overload and slowly incrementally getting better 
and slowly, incrementally making changes in your life to make improvements, but also understanding the power of consistency. You pair those things together and just stay committed. You will change your life. Just stay committed. Don't quit. Just don't quit. You're probably not going to have all the progress you want in a month or three months or six months. But if you look back a year from now and you've actually stayed committed, you stayed committed to your plan. If you look back for a year from now, you will be a completely different person, not only on the outside, but the inside. And that's where the power lies. Um, secret number two, if you are trying to get or build muscle, progressive overload is the key, but understanding that within your rep ranges. So if you're weight training, stay away from the 10 to 12 reps, the 12 to 15 reps, what you want to be doing is find a weight where you can do about six to eight reps. You want to be able to at least hit six, but you don't want to be able to do more than eight. So you're going pretty heavy. You do that for about four sets. If you do about, I'd say about 12 to 15 total sets, Per, per body part a week, that's a very good zone to be in. So let's say I'm I'm doing dumbbell bench press, and let's say I'm using the the 70s or whatever. Let's just say 50s. I'm using the 50 pound dumbbells. I hit my six reps, or I'm at seven. Cool, that's the last rep I can hit. I'm gonna stay at that weight until I can do more than eight reps. Once I find that with that 50 pound dumbbell, I can get up to 10 reps and I need to increase my weight. And then I keep doing that and I keep doing that. And I keep doing that. It's going to ensure that you get stronger, but you're also building muscle as well. Very simple. So all the, the shit you see on YouTube about the burnout with the 12 to 15 reps and the this, the muscle, dude, stay low, low reps, heavy weight, six to eight. You don't want to be able to do more. If you find the weight and you, you, you get to eight, you're doing nine, you're 10, 11, that means that weight is too light for you. You need to go up. Okay. That's number two. Number three, when you're planning out your routine, pick exercises that work for you. Meaning if you have very long arms a barbell bench press probably doesn't feel good for you. It's probably difficult to get into that movement. So don't do it. You probably don't feel it in your chest. You probably feel it in your shoulders. So don't do it. Try dumbbells. Try a hammer press machine. Try a Smith. Try something else. Try something. The exercise that feels the best, stick with that one. And when you plan out your routine, you need to do the same exercises every day for that body part. So if Monday is chest, the, let's say it's week one on Monday, you're hitting chest. And then we have week two, you're hitting chest again on Monday. If week one, you do your barbell bench press, don't do 
uh, dumbbell bench press on week two, do barbell. Keep that same exercise. Keep that same exercise for about, I would say, around 12 to 16 weeks. And see the improvements you made, maybe even longer. See the improvements you made. If you feel that you're kind of plateauing out, try switching up the exercise then. But the only way you're going to get stronger and actually build muscle is sticking to that same exercise. Um, another key, get your sleep. Get your sleep. Uh, get your eight hours of sleep. You also want to be going to bed at the same time every night and waking up at the same time every morning, if it's possible. I know some of your work schedules may get in the way. I get it. Do what you can. Do what you can. If you can, you need to be prioritizing your sleep because I've been victim of this. I would go to the gym and I'm there all night. I eat a big meal when I get home. So now I can't really sleep because I'm all bloated and I'm having digestive issues and I'm still off the pre-workout. Get your sleep. Your sleep is so critical to you resting and recovering so you can hit it hard the next day. But if you don't, you're just going to ensure that you burn out and you wear yourself out and you make sure you're more, you ensure that you're more injury prone. Another key, making sure you have proper nutrition. I would, I don't necessarily think you have to track your macros unless you're like competing. If you're, but it's quite simple. Like if you, if you're trying to gain weight, you need to be eating a lot. If you're trying to build muscle, you need to be eating a lot. You need to be eating more than you think you should. You need to be force feeding yourself to eat. That's what happens when you want to gain weight. You should be eating more than you expend. Now, if you're trying to lose weight, then obviously you should be eating less. Okay. But we also want to make sure we want to be cognizant of not only the digits behind what we're eating, right? How many, how much protein, how much fat, how many calories, but you also want to be cognizant of the quality of food that you're eating as well. I know, you know, it's very popular to just say, oh, calories in, calories out, you're good. In the sense of whether or not you're gaining or losing weight, yes, it's true that that's really all you need to pay attention to. But we're talking about overall quality of life here, overall quality of health. And, yeah, can you eat McDonald's every day and still be under your calories and probably lose weight? Yeah, sure. Can you gain weight by eating McDonald's and you're over your calories? Yes, but is eating McDonald's ensuring that you have the highest quality of food? Or is that just increasing your toxic load and the amount of inflammation you have, which means the amount of injuries you're more prone to have, more aches and pains, and a whole other myriad of issues that we can touch on in a different episode. But think, keep all that stuff in the mind. I suggest playing around with tracking your foods for 
Just do it for like 30 days. After that 30 days, you're going to have a good idea of like how much protein is in this, how much fat is in this, how much calories is in this. And then you can kind of gauge it that way. Just kind of play by ear, um, you know, but just kind of be cognizant of it. Another key, hydration. Now, I know it, you got the jug of water people thinking they're hydrated and shit, but hydration is not just drinking water. Hydration is water plus the right amount of electrolytes to ensure that you're retaining that water. So what that means is that you also need to be consuming um, potassium, magnesium, and sodium. All things, um, well, I know most of us are deficient in magnesium. A lot of us are also deficient in potassium. And a lot of us are also deficient in sodium because we've heard that salt is bad, but it's not. Salt is necessary. Salt your food. Salt your food. If I guarantee you, if you just hop on Google or Amazon and just order some electrolytes and you mix one of those little electrolyte packets in a water bottle a day in the morning, you will feel completely different. You will feel completely different. You will feel more energized, more alert, awake, focused. You'll feel healthy, vibrant, vigorant. Like you, there's a complete difference when you add electrolytes into your diet. And when you do that, you actually realize how dehydrated you are. Because here's the thing, without the electrolytes, your body is just, you're just pissing out all the water. So when you're just drinking a bunch of water and you keep like pissing clear, it's because your body's like, yo, what are you doing? I can't hold on to all this water. Get it out of me. So you have to keep peeing. So you're not even holding on to it. It's not even hydrating the muscles. There's pain. There's no, there's not much benefit there. So you need to pair drinking the water with the right amount of electrolyte supplementation as well. Now, when it comes to or the last two here, so when it comes to weight training, I recommend weight training at least three to four times a week. Now you don't have to hit like a hardcore bodybuilder routine. I would just say implement some compound exercises, get some squats in, some deadlifts, a row, some sort of pushing exercise, whether it's a, a bench press or a shoulder press, just those simple movements to keep you strong. You, you should know what weight feels like. You should know what weight feels like. It's very important that you know what weight feels like. So it keeps you, you healthy. It keeps your bones strong as you age. Right. So um, I would say at a minimum three to four times a week, you could do other things on those, on those other days, whether it's cardio, um, yoga, biking, whatever, but incorporate some sort of weight training. And then last, we have cardio. If, if you're looking to get the most out of your workout, your weight training routine, I recommend saving the cardio for after your workout. 
I see a lot of people hitting the cardio before the workout as a warm up. But the issue there is you're burning off your energy when that energy could be better used in the weight training routine. And then once you're done with the weight training routine, then you can hop on the treadmill or the Stairmaster and you'd be in a good fat burning zone at that point. I recommend doing the cardio after. Um, and if you can, I recommend um, mixing it up. Do some hit, do some long state, you know, long steady state cardio. Um, mix it up. But you just just the same way where you should be familiar with weight. You should know what weight feels like. You should also know what that burn in your chest and your lungs feels like as well. You should know what it feels like for your heart to be beating so fast that you're almost a bit concerned. <laughs> That's all you should be. You should be exerting a lot of effort into these exercises. That's how you get the most out of them. Right? So just some things to, to keep in mind there, but, um, that's all I have. So we talked about, you know, kind of my story with working out and where I, where I really started and how and why we talked about some of the benefits about working out and even got a good picture of what it could look like if you choose to keep making bad health decisions. And then we touched on some benefits as well. Some, um, I'm sorry, we touched on some um, some of the secrets as well around working out. So um, I hope you hope you guys found value in what we covered today. If if you did, again, like, comment, share, share with someone. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a comment. Leave a comment. Shoot me a message. What was the most valuable thing, or what was one thing you learned from the conversation today? Go ahead and comment, shoot me a message, um, let me know. But yeah, I appreciate you all listening. This was a good one. Um, I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.